Respected elders and dear brothers, on the occasion of the Battle of Uhud, Rasulullah and the Sahaba for the first part of the battle had gained the upper hand over the enemy. They were on the brink of victory. Victory was within the reach of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. However, a miscalculation by a group of Muslims had led to a total shift in the course of the battle. And as a result, the enemy gained the upper hand over the Muslims. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam along with the Sahaba were forced to retreat and they sought refuge in the mountains of Uhud. When the battle had ended and a sense of calm had prevailed over the battlefield, Abu Sufyan, the commander of the enemy forces, he approached the mountain. He realized that Rasulullah and the Sahaba were taking refuge in the mountains of Uhud. And at the top of his voice, he shouted out to Rasulullah What did he say? Inna al-harba sijal yawmun biyawm O Muhammad We have done to you today what you have done to us on the occasion of Badr. We are on an equal footing. This caused a level. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he turned to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and he said, Qum ya Umar, fa'ajibhu. O Umar, stand up and respond to Abu Sufyan. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu did not know what to say. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Qul, Allahu a'la wa ajal, tell him, while he is glorifying, and he is praising his God, tell him Allah is the most supreme, Allah is the most magnificent. La sawab. Tell him, O Umar, we can never be equal. We can never be on an equal footing. 
do not ever equate the suffering that we had inflicted on you and the losses that we had inflicted on you on the occasion of Badr do not ever equate that to the losses that you inflicted on us on the occasion of Uhud. Why? What is the differentiating factor? What is the differentiating factor between the losses that they have suffered and the losses that we have suffered? The one who were killed in our forces are in paradise and the one who were killed from your forces are in Jahannam. فَإِنَّهُمْ يَأْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَأْلَمُونَ وَتَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَرْجُونَ Oh Muslims, if you are suffering, they too are suffering. But what's the difference between your suffering and their suffering? What's the difference between your losses and their losses? وَتَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَرْجُونَ You hope to receive from Allah what they can never hope for. We have Jannah to look forward to. We celebrate the Shahada and the martyrdom of those who have been martyred in the way of Allah. Don't for a moment, Allah addresses the believers, O Muslims, don't for a moment think that Allah is unaware of the atrocities that the oppressors have carried out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them respite. Allah is giving them respite and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prolonging for them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing them to carry out these acts of atrocities until when? Until a day comes when they will be staring in terror and they will be staring in awe of what awaits them in Akhirah. So it is our duty as Muslims to pray, to honor, to pay tribute to, and to pay homage to those men, women, children whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected for the lofty station of martyrdom and shahada. وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ يُقَتَلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتٍ بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ Allah says, do not ever say that those who have lost their lives in the way of Allah are dead. Don't say they have died. Every day we are keeping an eye on the statistics and the news reports. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the figure that they normally give 1,000 and so on and so forth of Palestinians have been killed. They are dead. Allah says don't ever say they are dead. Balahya, they are alive. وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا Allah says let alone saying it, don't even think it. Don't even think they are dead. Balahya, they are alive. They are alive. That's the difference. Qatlana fil jannah wa qatlakum fil nar. Those who were killed from our camp, they are in paradise. Those who have been killed from your forces, they are in hellfire. Bal ahya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they are alive. Inda rabbihim yurzaqul. Where are they? Allahu Akbar.
those thousands that have lost their lives, those innocent babies, those young children, those boys and girls that they have butchered, where are they? In the Rabbihim. It doesn't get more VIP than this. They are at the side of their Rabb. Allah Akbar. They are at the side of their Rabb. Yurzaqun. They are being entertained. They are being fed. They are being provided for. They are being honored in the company of their Rabb. Fariqeena bima atahum. Fariqeena bima atahum Rabbuhum min fadlih. فَرِئِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ They are rejoicing. They are rejoicing. They are happy. We should be happy for them. They are rejoicing. They are where we aspire to be. They are where we want to be. فَرِئِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ They are rejoicing. Over the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had granted them. And not only are they rejoicing, وَيَسْتَبْشِرُونَ بِالَّذِينَ لَمْ يَلْحَقُوا بِهِمْ مِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ They are delighted for those who are yet to join them. They are hoping that those family members of theirs who have survived the bombings, and who have survived the missiles, and who have survived the bullets, they are hoping and they are delighted that they will join them soon because they know what happiness they are experiencing, what joy they are experiencing. They have been released from that strip, from that enclave, from that open-air prison, and they have been exalted into the vastness of the mercy and the bounty of Allah. So the very first thing that we must do is pay homage, honor, praise, pay tribute to the martyrs, who have lost their lives over the past six days. And we ask Allah for martyrdom. And we envy them. And we look up to them. We honor them. We hold them in high regard. After the battle of Uhud, Rasul and the Muslims, they suffered losses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while consoling Rasulullah by the way, this is the Quranic method of consoling. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consoled Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba for the many martyrs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen amongst them, amongst the very first words of consolement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had used in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَتَّخِذْ مِنْكُمْ شُهَدَاءٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do not be sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to select and choose martyrs from amongst you. They have been chosen for martyrdom. What a lofty position. Allah has elevated them. This was the Quranic method of paying condolences to Rasulullah and comforting him. There's comfort and there's solace in knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen them for that lofty position of martyrdom. O Muhammad Whatever losses you had suffered, when the two forces met, it happened with the permission of Allah. It happened with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we have so much confidence in the intelligence of the enemy, the military power of the enemy, 
the sophisticated weapons of the enemy that we have lost confidence in the power and the ability of Allah? Is that what we have done? And that what the conspiracy theorist seeks to do? Why are we attributing the victory that they had experienced? Why do we attribute that to the enemy? Why can we not attribute that to Allah? The mass miscalculation of the group of Sahaba on the occasion of Badr. Allah forbid. That miscalculation led to what? Led to a complete shift in the course of the battle. Do we consider that miscalculation as a hatch plan? Do we consider that miscalculation as some conspiracy? And what? There was a con something that was conspired that resulted in the losses suffered by the Muslims? Not at all. وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْتَقَوْجَ It was with the permission of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed that to happen. Let us go to another battle, a similar battle that was fought in the very same region of Palestine. The battle between David and Goliath. Dawood and Jalut. That battle was fought in Palestine. The forces of Jalut were seen as an undefeatable mighty power and force. Could not be defeated. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Talut. Talut alayhi salam, the king of the time. And in his army he had the young man by the name of Dawood alayhi salam. Allah instructed them to proceed towards Palestine and to remove the occupiers who had occupied that land, the Amalika. Their commander was Jalut, Goliath. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relates this incident to us in the Quran. فَلَمَّا جَاوَزَهُ هُوَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ قَالُوا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا الْيَوْمَ بِجَالُوتَ وَجُنُودِهِ Allah says when the forces of Talut, the Muslims, when they arrived to the land of Palestine and when they were about to proceed and engage the battle or engage the enemy in battle, there were some amongst the Muslim army who said, La taqatalana al-yawma bi Look at us. How many were they? They were approximately 300. A similar figure to that of the Muslims on the occasion of Badr. Some within the army, what did they say? Look at their might. Look at our might. They have Jalut amongst them. They have the giant, Goliath amongst them. He is the commander. Who do we have? La taqatalana al-yawma. We have absolutely no strength, ability. We do not have the military power to defeat the force of Jalut. But those who were true in their faith and who had firm belief in the promise of Allah, what did they say? How often? Does a small army, an ill-equipped army, a small force, how often does such an army not overpower and defeat a mighty force? The Ithnillah, with the permission of Allah. With the permission of Allah, let's attribute Nusrah to Allah. Let's attribute the help that they experience to Allah. 
And let us have confidence in the help of Allah rather than placing confidence in the military power and the intelligence of the enemy of Allah. Wallahu ma'as-sabirin. Allah is with those who persevere. Allah is with those who persevere. Sabran, sabran, ya ahl Palestine. Sabran, sabran, ya ahl Palestine. Persevere, hang in there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you as the true custodians of Al-Aqsa. They have been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are doing their part on behalf of the entire ummah. What are we doing to help them fulfill that cause? And to carry out the obligation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on them. وَلَا تَهِنُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Consoling Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After the loss that they had, it wasn't a defeat. They were not defeated on the occasion of Uhud because the enemy did not achieve their objective. But they suffered losses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this is a message for every one of us, and in particular for the people of Gaza and the people of Palestine, وَلَا Do not lose courage. Do not become weak. Do not lose courage. Do not fall into a state of depression. Do not fall into a state of despair. Do not fall into a state of agitation. وَلَا Do not become sad. وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ You, the Muslim Ummah, you are the most supreme. You will remain the highest in kuntum mu'mineen on condition you hold onto your iman and you hold onto your belief and in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow you to experience nusrah, help and victory over the enemy. There are some naysayers and some pessimists who claim that the resistance, the custodians of al-Masjid al-Aqsa should not embark on an armed struggle against the occupiers and invaders. This is not our narrative. This is not our idea. Every territory and every land that was colonized and that was invaded by a foreign force gave birth to freedom fighters, gave birth to people who understood the importance of liberating the land, our own country, gave birth to freedom fighters. The colonial powers were the ones, the invaders, the occupiers, the usurpers, were the ones who gave birth to people who understood the need for them to liberate the land and the need to take up an armed struggle against the invaders and the occupiers. Why are they now referred to as terrorists when they are doing what many others have done around the world and who are being celebrated and glorified and praised for their struggle against the occupiers and the invaders. In India, we saw that happening. Thousands of them lost their lives in the process. But the cause was greater and more important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to enjoy success. We see that happening in Ukraine. Those who have taken up against the Russian invasion seen and they are celebrated and they are praised as freedom fighters. So this is not our narrative. This is the Western narrative. This is the Zionist narrative. Our narrative is the narrative of the Ruh. Biddam nafdika ya aqsar. Biruh. Biddam nafdika ya aqsar. Aqsar. We will liberate 
with our souls, with our blood, with our lives. We chant these words. Whenever we demonstrate, we chant these words, we say these words, we proclaim these words, they are living these words. That is our narrative. Al-Aqsa will be liberated. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said it. And it will be liberated at the hands of the Muslims. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said it in the Quran. ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ عِبَادًا لَنَا Allah says, we will release on them. A time will come. We will release on them. Servants of ours who will be mighty, who will be powerful, who will be strong, and they will infiltrate the homes of the Yahud. It is a promise of Allah, and it will happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow it to happen sooner rather than later. The detractors are claiming that the Palestinian Mujahideen are paying the price and that the Palestinian people are paying the price because of the attacks that were carried out by the resistance. Who are you to tell us of a price that needs to be paid? Who are you to determine what is the price? Who pays the price and who does not pay the price? Allah has determined the price. Allah says believers will pay a price. Inna Allah ashtara مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفِسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالًا لِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah says, I have determined the price. I have fixed the price. What is the price? I have said to the believers, you give me your life as a price. You give me your property as a price. And in exchange, I give you Jannah and Paradise. That is the price for Paradise. قَتْلَانَا فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَقَتْلَاكُمْ فِي النَّارِ those killed from our camp is in paradise. Those who are killed from your camp are in hellfire. Brothers, the known history of Gaza spans 4,000 years. Gaza is separated. You have two very different Palestines that exist. All right? So Gaza is the one strip and a territory and its history, that piece of land, it's a very ancient very ancient territory. 4,000 years of history has been recorded of that region. A historian writes, Inna Ghazata bidalika takun min aqdami ashari mudunin fil alam. Ghazza and the land of Ghazza is one of the first 10 habitations that existed on planet Earth. Sakanaha awwalan al-kan'ani. A Canaanite, he was the first to develop Gaza. And he was the first to reside in Gaza. And who was he? He was the son of Ham. Who is Ham? Ham is the son of Nuh alayhi salam. So you can imagine how ancient the territory is. It is also known as Gaza to Hashim. Gaza is also known as Gaza to Hashim. Why Hashim? Who is Hashim? Hashim is the great-grandfather of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the son of Abdullah. Abdullah was the son of Abdul Muttalib. Abdul Muttalib was the son of Hashim. Why is it called Ghazza to Hashim? Hashim was not a resident of Ghazza. He was from Makkah to Mukarramah. But Hashim, on one of his trade journeys to Palestine, passed away. He died over there and he is buried in Ghazza. That's why it's known as Gaza to Hashim. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, the great scholar to whom we are indebted, 
the genius of this ummah, the imam of the Shafi'i school of thought. Al Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, he was born in Gaza in the year 158 AH, the same year in which Al Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, had passed away. 150 AH, that was the year in which Al Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, was born, and he was born in the land of Gaza. Some linguistics write that innaha mushtaqqatun min al-man'ati wal-quwah The word Ghazza is derived from a word that means to defend. Speak about the name of a place having an effect on those living in that region. Ghazza itself means to defend. It means power, it means strength. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase them in their power and in the strength. The territory Ghazza is 41 kilometers long. 41 kilometers long and it is 6 to 12 kilometers wide. A population of 2 million people. 41 kilometers long. 2 million people residing in that area. One of the most densely populated regions in the world and over the past 6 days 6,000 bombs were dropped in Ghazza. 6,000 bombs. Allah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them nusrah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help them. As I said, they are playing their part. And they are doing it enthusiastically, unconditionally. They are not questioning the decree of Allah. They are happy to be playing that role on behalf of the ummah. What are we doing? The preservation of Aqsa and the liberation of Aqsa is the collective effort and the collective responsibility of the Ummah. I conclude with a message to the people of Gaza and the chosen custodians of Al-Aqsa. Remember, they are the chosen custodians. They are the chosen defenders of Al-Aqsa. Rasul said in the hadith, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الحق ظاهرين لعدوهم قاهرين لا يضرهم من خالفهم Rasul says there will always be a force and a party, a group from my ummah who will remain firmly established on the deen. They will always repel and defend the land against the enemy. They will not suffer harm. Whoever opposes them, whoever deserts them, whoever will contradict them will not matter to them in the least. Rasulullah says, yes, they will suffer loss, they will suffer calamity, but they will remain firmly established on the truth, fighting the enemy right up to the day of Qiyamah. Where are they? Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah. Where will they be? Where can we find them? Rasulullah says, The Bayt al-Maqdis, the land of Jerusalem, the land of Palestine. They are there. They are the chosen defenders of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and the custodians of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Rasul while in Makkah al-Mukarramah, he witnessed the persecution that was perpetrated against his followers, particularly the family of Yasir. Yasir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his wife Sumayyah and their child were the target and they were the focus of the persecution and the torment and the punishment of the enemy of Islam. To a point where they once took Yasir, they tied his one leg to one animal and the second leg to another animal and they drove the animals in two opposite directions until his body was split in two. Sumayya radiallahu ta'ala anha 
she once cursed Abu Jahal Abu Jahal took a spear and thrust it into her until she died Rasulullah would look at this family the family of Yasir and he would say sabran ya ala Yasir sabran ya ala Yasir persevere persevere hang in there hang in there oh family of Yasir inna mawidakum al-jannah you are heading to paradise you are heading to paradise we say to Ahlul Palestine, we say to Ahlul Gaza, Sabran ya Ahlul Palestine, Sabran ya Ahlul Palestine, Sabran ya Ahlul Gaza, inna mawridakum al-jannah. Allah has promised to jannah. You are heading to paradise. Fajazakallahu anna wa anil ummati khaira. We ask Allah to reward you, to reward you on behalf of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for fulfilling this great responsibility. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defend you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy your enemies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you izzah. Ya ahla ghazah. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.